Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. On Tuesday, Harvard President Claudine Gay announced her resignation. She is now the second of the three presidents to resign since the infamous testimony in front of Congress where she, the president of MIT, and the president of Penn all refused to clearly denounce anti-Semitism, harassment, and threats of violence against Jews on their campuses. And while the media is focused on DEI, anti-Semitism, plagiarism, in that testimony, I believe this resignation and the resignation of two of these three presidents is more about us as the American people, the American voter, and looking inwardly about how we continue to bring, to allow bad leaders to run the institutions of this country. Welcome to Counterthought. Harvard President Claudine Gay has announced her resignation. She now joins the Penn president as two of the three who have resigned since that infamous testimony in front of Congress. But I'm not going to focus on the DEI aspect of this, which has been all over the news since that hearing on December 7th, or the anti-Semitism or the plagiarism accusations against President Gay. You may remember that I first talked about President Gay a few episodes back whenever uh, the rise in this anti-Semitism was rearing its ugly head on college campuses and how Bill Ackman was calling for her resignation, calling for the Harvard leadership, the Harvard corporation in their, in their board to ask her to resign. Uh, If you want to go back and listen to that, that was all the way back to episode 96, go back and give it a listen or watch it, you know, here on YouTube or rumble. But that's when Claudine Gay made her first appearance. And that was back on October 9th, so 19th. So that was before this infamous hearing happened on December 7th. And in this hearing, you may remember that Elise Stefanik was sitting up there. um, Representative Stefanik was sitting up there at her lectern and asking questions of, of the presidents. And she went one by one. President Gay, blah, blah, blah. And then she jumped over to... to the Penn president, Liz McGill, and jumped over to the MIT president, Sally Kornbluth. And each of them would not give a straight answer. They would not give a straight answer. They tried to tiptoe and dance around and did not you know, condemn the speech that was taking place on their campuses. And we've talked about, and the media has talked about, how that is a reflection of what is going on, at least the conservative media is talking about what is going on and what has been going on for years and decades now on college campuses to allow this to to fester and now rear its ugly head sunlight as they say is the the best disinfectant you know shining a bright light reveals the truth and requires accountability when we come across these things 
So while the media is focused on when it comes to President Gay, focused on plagiarism and the hypocrisy because other students at Harvard University have been expelled <clears throat> for plagiarism while she gets to stay or gets to be in her in her role as president. And now that she is no longer president, she is going to remain on staff at Harvard. So yes, there is a, a double standard there and that's expected, right? As you get higher up in leadership, there seems to be more, uh, more forgiveness whenever something occurs that someone who is not so high up on a on a the leadership ladder would would obtain but regardless of all of those things i believe this resignation by president gay is an opportunity for us to look at ourselves inwardly as a country as american voters and ask ourselves what are we doing our our taylor twelman moment what are we doing what are we doing in order to end up with such bad leadership? And it's not just one thing. It's not one thing, which by the way, happy new year, but it's not one thing. There's a multitude of factors that are, that goes into how we are ending up with such terrible leadership. And I'm not talking about just politically. I'm talking about maybe at your job, definitely politically, whether it's at you know, your municipality level, the state level, the county level, you know, the federal level. But we seem to be on this, this train of just bad leadership. And not every leader is bad. However, there are a lot of them and a lot of them that you have seen have made the news. You know, we're talking about mayors in some of our largest cities in the country. We're talking about representatives, state representatives, house representatives at the federal level who are bad leaders. We've talked about on previous episodes of this podcast about the, the quest and the thirst for power. And I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if you've realized this yet, and if you haven't, you know, pay attention, but wherever there is a void something will come in and fill it, especially with leadership, because with leadership, there is influence, there is power. And when you grab hold of that influence and power, it is much more difficult to get that person ousted or to overcome that influence and power. Now, I'm not trying to scare all of you, I'm trying to help you become aware of what is going on in this country, whether it be because of laziness or busyness, you know, or maybe selfishness, but we are allowing people to be elected or given, uh, appointed or whatever, into positions of power that have ulterior motives or bad motives for our country or for the company you work for or for the school your children attend. And it is upon us as the voters, as the citizens, as the parents to be aware of this and take control back to have accountability for those individuals while we are now taking accountability for ourselves. You may remember back on episode one, audio only podcast at the time, 
what I talked about, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, with great influence becomes great responsibility and how we are not seeing that. You know, we are seeing the people who we give power and influence because we idolize them or, or whatever. We see them choose sides and we see them play games and political games and we see them choose wrong over right. Right? We see them be silent when we need them to stand up. And we are there is a trickle down effect to this. There is a trickle down effect. Let's say you you work for a company and you know the CEO, let's say, is a terrible leader. Right? The CEO has a lot of power. The CEO would only answer to, in most cases, especially a publicly traded company, answer to a board of directors. So let's say it's a publicly traded company and there is a board of directors. This CEO has a lot of power. And this bad leadership might not even stop at the CEO level. It could go to the board of directors. And what happens? Right? You look at the corporate pyramid, corporate hierarchy, and it is in the shape of a pyramid, right? The shape of of a triangle where it's one person at the top and their rules, they trickle down to, to everyone beneath them. So we're talking company culture, the environment, everything can be influenced by that one individual or a couple of individuals. So if you have the wrong leader, then you are going to have that trickle down effect. That influence will be bad as well and will taint the entire organization. Now, hopefully you would have people who are also in positions of power would take it upon themselves or their, their responsibilities as a leader, let's say maybe at a board of director level or publicly traded company, maybe like a shareholder level that would um, call for the resignation of these individuals that would hurt the company stock to a point to where the individuals have to be removed from their position of influence and power. And we as American voters can put that into a political way, political form, and say, you know, if someone's not producing results for us, like a state representative or a mayor or a federal representative or, you know, representative or a senator or even a president, then it is our responsibility, I believe, to look at the whole of the country and decide what would be best for the entire country, not just what serves you, and say, hey, this person is not good. They need to be out. I mean, what happened to the vetting process? And this goes back to filling a void. If there is a hole, a void, something is going to fill it. And when it comes to elections, like political um, political elections, you, it, you have to vote. Well, you don't have to vote. But someone's running for office. And really, when you think about it, the people who are going to run for office are the people who either want to be in that position who want to have a positive impact and effect change or people who are just like hungry for power. I believe it's that simple. And if no one is willing to step up and run for that position, there is going to be a void and someone else will run and fill that position. And as a voter, even though it's not always the case because there can be write-in ballots, but if you are one of the two candidates, you know, coming into a general election, then we feel like that's the only choice that we have. So if we don't first vet these people, if someone else who wants to do good for the country in a political sense doesn't come in and fill that void, then someone else is going to come in with worse intentions, in my opinion, and fill it. Or think of it as this, whether it's politically or at a corporate level, if you are trying to fill a job position, 
right? You may get hundreds of applicants, maybe thousands, depending on the job. And of those applications, you know, you have a large pool to choose from. But if no one really applies for that position, and let's say you are desperate to fill that position, because of your desperation, you may choose the wrong individual for that role. And then you would be, as the hiring manager, accountable or should be accountable for that decision. So there, just because you are in a higher position of on a corporate ladder or you know, within the government, doesn't mean you are the best person for that job. I remember really thinking about this or this really hitting me back in 2016, you know, the election cycle when it was Trump versus Clinton and everyone kept saying, and Hillary herself was saying this, oh, I'm the best person for the job. I'm the most qualified because why? That's what I kept asking and no one could give me a good answer. I was like, okay, so why is she the most qualified? Oh, well, you know, she was, she was the first lady. She was a senator. She was the secretary of state. And it's like, okay, those are accomplishments, right? Those are job titles. But what was her performance in those roles? You know me, I'm, I'm concerned about performance, not just what position have you held? Because just because you hold a position doesn't mean you were good in that position. Take it out of politics. Again, going back to your job, how many people do you know that could be in a position, but you know they're not necessarily good, right? They're not necessarily good. Sure, they have years of experience. They have job titles to back up you know, that experience and to make them look all nice and shiny. But what was their performance? What did they do? What did they accomplish? What change did they affect? You know, so these claims of, oh, I'm the most qualified because I held these positions. Great. But what did you do? And I believe that is the mentality that we need to have as voters and as just regular citizens when we are looking at individuals, those that we get to elect. Like, what have you done? And we need to vet these individuals, which I know it is busy. Life is busy. And this all ties together, right? This is one big woven fabric. The vetting process. We need those individuals to be vetted. Right? George Santos. Liar. Right? He is like, he is a huge liar. And he has now been exposed for that. Right, he has now been removed from Congress, and you can argue that in the comments if you want. If that if that should have happened or not, conservative media is kind of eh about it. You know, some say yes, some say no about the precedent that sets. But regardless, you know, he was just lying all the time, lying all the time. But he was able to lie his way into the House of Representatives for the United States of America. So where was the vetting process? We as individuals need to vet him. But also, we're only as we're only capable to vet him as good as the information is about him, and just in general about people we are electing to office. So then, this fabric is woven right where we would rely as voters on the RNC or the DNC, you know, to have vetted these individuals so they're not putting forth candidates that are going to be bad for our state, our city, our country. And then that ties back to what. Those people who do the vetting process, right over the years, especially with Trump in office, we heard fact checkers. 
now we've got like, hey, we've got to fact check the fact checkers because the fact checkers weren't being truthful. So are you seeing how this is all woven together? And we collectively need to improve upon what is in place to make sure that we are choosing when the possibility exists to choose or to vote good leaders. And if you are in a company and you have bad leadership, it might be best for you to leave that company. Or maybe it might be best for you to be a squeaky wheel and start getting the ball moving regarding that bad leadership and get a a group together within your company or, or however you want to do it. Activation to have that bad leadership, that failed leadership removed. And not well, I'm not talking about removal to where you're just like have an axe to grind, but I mean actual removal where the removal is justified by the actions and the effects of that leadership. We like to point fingers at everybody else but ourselves. But I believe the resignation of Claudine Gay, the resignation of Liz McGill from Penn, the Congressional members, Santos, Bob Menendez, you know, the leaders of the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of New York, governor, you know, out in California, every decision has a consequence. My mom used to always say to me, and this one sticks in my mind, it's really the only quote that sticks in my mind. So maybe that's just tells you how impactful it is or, or uh, tells you how often it was said. But everything you do and don't do affects other people. Everything you do and don't do affects other people. Now, I remember her saying that whenever I would be sitting there vegging out in front of the television back in the probably early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, and she would go run an errand and she was looking for a grunt or something from me to acknowledge that I heard and understood what she said. And then whenever I didn't do that, you know, I would would hear the quote or if I did do that and then I actually didn't. Uh, do the task that she was asking me to do while she was gone running an errand, then I would hear it. Then I would hear it. And it was, it's been drilled in me and it's, it's golden, right? It's truthful. Everything you do and don't do affects other people. So everything we do, if we actively put someone in a position of power or influence, or if we are bystanders, bystanders, and don't take the opportunity to put good people into positions and influence and power, there's going to be a trickle-down effect, right? The higher up you are on a corporate ladder or within the school board or, you know, any leadership position, the more influence you have and whether you actively participated in putting that person in power or you didn't participate, but, you know, consequentially, you did participate, right? Because that was maybe one vote or one signature on a petition or something like that, that was not received, you are also accountable for that individual, right? So this resignation from Claudine Gay and from the Penn president, Liz McGill, and from the accusations and the revelations of, you know, Santos or the mayor of Chicago or the mayor of New York or Jamar Jamal Bowman, who pulled the fire alarm in in Congress to stop an official proceeding. 
it is my takeaway is that it is our responsibility to do better as Americans. We are going to get out what we put in. And now that we are, have turned the page to a new year in 2024, we are about to see in my estimation, my opinion, a ridiculous election cycle, a ridiculous election cycle. And if we are not doing our due diligence today, then what makes you believe that we are going to be doing our due diligence tomorrow? We are the fact checkers. You and me, we are the fact checkers. And it will serve us best and our country best if we take it upon ourselves to do more, be an active participant in the well-being of this country. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.